In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And for the past few weeks, we have been talking with Sarah Nita, who was a contestant on Biggest Loser, fitness advocate, mama. We've known each other for years, went to school together growing up, and she's been taking us along on her fitness journey to get healthy mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, as well as physically. And we talked about her life growing up. We talked about her crazy time on Biggest Loser. And this week, we're going to be talking about what life was like after that, becoming a mother, having kids. Did she keep the weight off? Did she gain it back? What has she done for her fitness journey since then? So Sarah, take us to maybe like the ending weeks of Biggest Loser. Where are you now? How many weeks or months has it been on the show? How much weight have you lost? What are your thoughts and feelings going into finale of Biggest Loser? Okay, so so I, let's see, I ended up getting off the show in January. So I think I want to say, I can't, I can't remember. I want to say there was like 20 episodes or so, tw- maybe, or, and I it was like episode 12 or something. Okay. So it was a little bit more than halfway. So we, I had been on the, on the ranch filming for four months. Okay. And, and then came home. And then, you know, if anyone's seen the show, everyone just still, you know, tries to bust it at home and tries to lose as much as you still can at home to come to the finale and by yourself. Or do you have a trainer that helps you? So I had a trainer. The show, they actually provide you with a trainer when you go home, which was really nice. And on my, my experience on the show, I really enjoyed the boxing that, that we did with Brett and Kara, who I trained with. Fun. And for the first half. And so I thought, I'll just do that at home. And, you know, and anyway, ended up getting a boxing trainer and it was kind of fun. It's not my thing. Like, I'm not confrontational. I'm not like, like, get in the ring and stuff. And so anytime, you know, somebody else came in with me, I was like, come on. Yeah. But um, um, I, just, I just like doing the bag, just punching. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just put your hands out and I'll punch your hands. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, so I kept training, but some really interesting things. So I kind of always believed that it was physiological, that if I could just cleanse my body of all sure. junk, that yes. I, would, I would be healed, basically, you know, but I couldn't get myself there. Like, I couldn't make it past 10 a.m. Like, I s- seemed to just always go back to, you know, flour and sugar and things that, that were not serving my body. And yes, so on the ranch, you know, we ate beautifully all everything was clean and organic and just really really high quality food and and I felt great and so it really really shocked me to go home and like be slammed with cravings and you know even though like I was like what is happening yes to my same surroundings and you know like being surrounded by by all of by if family and and pressures and all of this it was really really surprising to me and so and i remember there was a season before mine i can't remember which season and there was a contestant that at the finale they brought her up and said hey by next finale of the next season for every pound that you lose we want to give you a hundred dollars and she had like 
couple hundred pounds to lose. Oh. She was very, very overweight. And so for every pound, not every 10 every, pounds, no. every, for every pound that she lost, they wanted to give her a hundred dollars. And so I was like, oh my gosh, she is going to show up having lost 150 pounds. And uh, you know, it's going to be so amazing. And so I watched that season, that next season, I, I binge watched it in the hotel when I was auditioning just, just for the show yes. and on an iTunes and watched it. And was so excited for the finale to see. And she came out and she had lost, I don't know, it was less than 30 pounds. And I judged her up and down, Carmen. I was like, I can, if I were given that opportunity and blah, blah, blah. And it's so fascinating to watch reality TV and so easily judge and then to be in the experience, right? Yes. And I was like, I mean, I apologized up and down to this person, not in per- not really in person, but I was like, oh my gosh, you know, yes. it's really easy to judge somebody else's circumstance when we are not in it. Totally. If that were, if they gave me the opportunity, you better believe that I would do everything it takes to show up, you know, having done the work and right. make it your job, make it my job. Like how, I mean, how hard could that be? But yeah, here I was like truly believing that I could become a mother if I could do it. And I still couldn't do it, right? right? Like, how is that above or how is that below money? Like, it's not, you know? So, so anyway, it's just, it's just very easy to judge somebody else's circumstance, you know? Totally. And yes. then here I was in the same boat, you know, not necessarily, I mean, sure, there was the at-home prize that everybody was competing for, but even just walking out on stage my best self, like having done the very best that I could, here I was, so, so let's say, you know, I'm here in the exact same circumstance at home trying to get ready to show up on stage and faced with really hard temptations and really hard things. And it was, it was, it just really, really surprised me. Anyway, so I ended up, I did really well, but I would find myself like sometimes on my way to the gym because that was my full-time job, you know? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to drive through and then feeling so guilty and so oh. bad. So, yeah. you know, so awful about myself. How, like, what is wrong with my character that there, here I'm given this opportunity and I'm wasting it. And so, like, you know, these beliefs about myself, like my, like who I was, right, you know, really were coming out. Like, I'm, I'm terrible. Like, I'm terrible, you know? Anyway, yeah. so I ended up, I lost 106 pounds, which is great. You know, I, you it's, know, I, wait, hold up. I lost 106 pounds, which is awesome. That was fine. Phenomenal feat, especially if for those who listened to Sarah's last episode, that you were diagnosed with something that basically means that you have your pers- your fat to muscle ratio is really disproportionate. Like you have very, very low muscle tone. And yeah, your body doesn't build. The your muscle. body doesn't build. It's like it's like a child's. He said you have like yeah. like the same amount of muscles like a child. It, and he said you had the most fat on your body. Not that you were more fat, but you had the most fat percentage yeah. of any contestant they had seen on the biggest had ever had. Yes. And when I ended the show, we you know we go through all the same testing that we did in the beginning. Yeah. Same scan, say, I mean, you know, days of testing. Sure. And that's when he sat down with me and said, you are an anomaly. You, sh- the, the amount of work that you do, your muscle mass should be significantly higher. And that's when he found the, this muscle condition that I'm just, I have this resistance yeah. to muscle build. 
Yeah. And, and that's where he said, he was like, you will have, he said, you are the most likely contestant to gain all your weight. You have to be so careful. You need to be exercising two and a half hours a day, six days a week for the rest of your life. You have got to keep your calories under 1200 calories a day just to maintain what you have achieved and work out two and a half hours a day. And in that moment, I was like, like two trains of thought. One was, I have no hope. I'm getting yeah. And the other was, I cannot let that happen. I will do yeah. everything to not let that happen, you know? So, so I get off the show, you know, and I start working at Vegas Loser Resort at Fitness Ridge. And, you know, so it's great. I'm still super active. And every time I put the wrong, you know, quote unquote thing into my body, I felt guilty. Like, this is where it starts. This is, this is happening. You know, I'm going to gain it all back. I'm going to gain it out. No, I won't. No, I won't. Like, it was just like this, like battle. And so there was no freedom in what I was experiencing, you know? Did you have a certain diet you were doing? Like, did they say, okay, you can eat that stuff, but as long as you do it, like macro counting, for example, is basically you can eat whatever you want, but with fat to protein to carb ratios, specifically 40, 30, 30, just the calorie math. Okay. No, just it was in calories out. Like mm-hmm. weight wise almost? Yep, exactly. But, okay. and Jillian Michaels wanted, no matter your size, no matter who you were, she wanted everyone at 800 calories. It's, it was not okay. Like, not okay. So, honestly, were you just so exhausted? Every, like, how were you functioning? Or did you have energy? Like, how did you even have the energy to work out and burn three times that? Because right. you said, you said in, in another episode that it was mandatory to reach 30,000 steps a day, which, by the yeah. way, is around 10, 11, 12 miles, something like that, right? Yeah. And we had the this body bug, like, thing that, like, counted our calories that we were burning and everything. And it depended on our RMR, resting metabolic rate, and our weight and everything, how many calories we had to burn. And I had to burn 5,000 calories a day. to start when oh I my God. And eat five, and eat 800. And eat 800 calories. So it's, so, like... It's really not, it's not healthy at all. There's nothing healthy about this. Well, this how was, like, did you have right. IVs? Did you have like liquid IVs? No. And we had to drink sodium bicarbonate every day. Like a, we had to drink 32 ounces of sodium bicarb. And that was to make sure that we had enough sodium. So it was interesting because it was very two-sided. There was the medical team and yep. there were trainers. And they okay. were, we did not see eye to eye. The oh. medical team wanted us to stay healthy. My okay. calorie, so based on what, what, because I have less muscle, I didn't need to eat as much, right? Okay. Because well, I had no engine. There wasn't, like, I, I, I wasn't able to burn it as well. So I was meant, so based on my numbers, I was supposed to eat 1100, 10,090 or 1090 calories. So close okay. to 1100 calories a day for the, to, to lose weight healthy is what, you know, okay. the Dr. Huizenga wanted me to do. And then, Jillian wanted me at 800. And same thing for anyone. Like, no ma- like these men, you know, were supposed to eat, let's say, 1,700. She wanted them at 800. So you could, you would see, some, like, we had this big guy on our season that passed out after workout. Oh, because yeah. Nothing to, no. he wasn't living on anything. Anyway, yes. so the first several weeks, I was pretty, like, nauseated, throwing up sick from all the lactic acid. It was hard to eat anyway. I mean, it just, my body had never been through anything like this. No, right. You know, 
but I feel like I acclimated and yeah, I was tired. The first couple of months I was like, I sleep during the day, you know, just exhausted. Yeah. But by the end, I feel like I kind of just acclimated. Acclimated. Yeah. So then you get home and you're on, are you trying to do weight? Are you trying to do like a diet too? Yeah. Just limit my calories, you know? And, And so, and I always tried to stick to the around a thousand, eleven hundred yeah. calories, you know? So, so that's just what I did. I just yeah. was, you know, limiting those calories, but then would go fly off the handle sometimes and feel yeah. so guilty. And, and, and there was nothing to feel guilty about. Like in retrospect, it wasn't right. like, I, you know, and then I would eat 10,000 calories. Like it was just, you know, something that I shouldn't eat. Anyway, yeah. I, I do have to mention this because this was an interesting thing. We went back for something called boot camp, which is the only time that we got to be on the ranch with no cameras. It was after the final four went home and before the finale. Okay. And they brought us all back except for the final four. Brought us all back. And we got to be there for like three days, you know, working out, going on hikes, eating all of the wonderful food, but having no ties to the cameras. It was a, it was a really cool, fun thing that we got to do. And, but during this time they had, they had the psychiatrist that would come out and I, you know, some people get their jobs by who they know. I think like, I don't, I did not ever feel like every time I would talk to him, I'm like, I don't feel like you're hearing me, you know? Yeah. Or, and or how, anyway, but I did want to tell him some of these thoughts that I ha- was struggling with at home that I had never, I had never struggled with thoughts of eat, like eating disorder. Yeah. Thoughts. Like, yeah. and I told him I was, you know, cause it's, it was scary to me here. I was yes. like in this position and I was like, Hey, I've never faced this before, but I'm, you know, having serious thoughts of restricting really bad. If I eat too much, I have thoughts of, of throwing up like that, oh. you know? Yep. And he was like, he was like, well, how often are you doing it? And I'm like, well, I'm not, but I, I want to like that. You know, I'm, I'm having these feelings. And he was like, oh, right. Well, so you're not doing it more than a few times, you know, a week. Like you're fine. And I was like, well, okay. no, that's not fine either. That's not fine. Here's this, here's something that he said that I was like, that really ma- made me feel like, okay, I really am different. I really am broken because I said, as soon as I eat sugar, something happens in my brain and I can't stop. And it's like, there, like nothing in the world seems to be able to stop me. And so I think I would benefit from just removing it from my life. And he was like, no, 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 no. He said, you need to choose, choose your favorite candy bar. Let's say, let's say you love Snickers. Go to the store, buy the Snickers, put it up in your pantry. You know that it's there. And every Friday at 10 a.m. or whatever you decide, you pull that Snickers out, you unwrap it, you sit down, you cut it up, you take a bite, you savor that whole candy bar. You go back to the store, you buy another one, you put it up and you know that it's there. And you know, no, you know that it's there. You're going to be able to have it every single week. And that's how you should be able to behave around food. You don't have to have it all the time, but you can have it sometimes, which is intuitive eating. And I think that's yes. so- a beautiful thing. If you are capable of doing that, yes. that is the way to do it. You know, teach your body to eat intuitively. But that's where I was like, okay, I should be able to do that. Here is this celebrity psychiatrist telling me that that's what I should be capable of doing. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not capable of doing that. And, and so I knew like, that's when I was like, okay, 
there is something broken about me that's different from everybody else. You know. So when you say that, like you had it, you didn't have an off switch. Would you like buy ten candy bars and eat them all, or was it like you just once you took wow. a bite, you couldn't stop, or was it like it was all? And you I would go find whatever. Like okay, I mean, I remember like not having anything in my house. You know, making sure I didn't have anything. Yeah. But yet I found, you know, I could have ingredients that could create something or, you know, like, and right. it was just, there was, and it was the, compul- the, the obsessive thoughts about it, you know, oh, like yeah. not a party. I'm ha- I could have a conversation with you and love my conversation, but my thoughts are actually on the food table. When is it appropriate for me to get more? When is it, you know, like, okay, last nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm going to take this home for my family. You know, I'll take these leftovers home, but then eat it all in the car because I couldn't stop, you know, just. I mean, just really out of control behavior around, around food. And I never said, this sounds like a food addiction. No, I had no idea that food could be an addiction. I didn't, I mean, and I, I apologize because I can't remember like what we've said in past episodes, but you know, it, it was several years down the road that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm behaving like a drug addict. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I did mention that and, and chasing my fix and like, and knowing that I'll never get it, I'll, right. I'll, I'll get the hit now, but I'm going to want it again, you know, yes. as soon as that's over, as soon as that wears off. And so, so you go to this boot camp. Yeah. So that, so that happened there. That, so that was just something to touch on that, that yes. really kind of like solidified this, like, okay, I'm wrong. Something's wrong with me. Yes. And it's not normal. And I have to hide this. Like that's, you know, so I just, I'm just, anyway, so, so. That so finale, everything's great. We want to have kids. Like that's what we're gonna, you know, that's what we're focusing on now. Yes. And we've never like stopped trying, but now that I've lost weight, I'm like, okay, now it can happen. Yeah. Uh, so in in like September, so finale's in May. By September, still nothing's happening. We go to a, a fertility specialist, and she was like, if you've had one ectopic pregnancy, most likely you'll have two. Like, yes. like, we both are, are damaged. So, so just let's go to straight to in vitro. Yes. So we did in vitro and I was like, okay, so this is the end all of fertility treatment. Like, yes, no, there's nothing past in vitro. So yes. obviously it's going to work. You know, I was 20, right. I was the healthiest I've ever been. I was, fit, you know, and, and it failed and it rocked my world. Like, that was the hardest loss of them all, for sure, was that first in vitro loss. Like, it just, I just wasn't expecting it. It was really yeah. hard. And she's like, that's okay. We have extra, you know, we have more embryos. And so we did it again. And we did a frozen transfer the second time. And second time came and we adjusted meds and everything. She's like, this, you know, it should work. There's no guarantee, but it should. And in my mind, it was going to work and it didn't. And it was like, just so, so, so devastating. And, yes. and so, you know, then we started, then we talked about adoption. We went to like the little, what's it called? Orientation, yes. getting started with, with going through LDS Family Services was still an adoption agency at the time. And so, so we went through that and, and I, and the doctor was like, let's do another round. And I was like, I have to stop. Like I need an emotional break, you know? Yeah. So I stopped that, decided to take a break and. In the meantime, so I'll, I'll condense this. A friend of mine called. She had a friend whose daughter was pregnant. She connected us, and that was Bailey, my daughter's birth mom. And oh. she chose us to adopt 
her baby, we didn't even know we were having it. Like she was only four months along, like had, hadn't even found out that the gender and chose us. And we got to go through the whole experience with her and we got to find out we were having a little girl. And Oh my gosh. And like three weeks after she had chosen us, I found out I was pregnant. Like no in vitro. I mean, it was so, it was just bananas. And so, and, but I was like, and I'll probably lose it. So I'm not going to tell Bailey, you know, I don't change your mind and everything. And so I waited until I was like, probably like 16 weeks or so until I, and anyway, until I told her and I was just scared that she was going to change her mind, you know? Yeah. And, and I told her and she's like, oh, she's going to have a sibling. Like she was, she just knew with these little girls had to come together. And so, oh, that is the, it was, it was like the best ending to this whole experience. But when I started in vitro, part of in vitro is like, when you go through the implantation part, you cannot raise your heart rate. And my doctor was really, really strict about that. She was like, I want you to take stairs one at a time. Like, do not raise your heart rate. And and this, so, how, how much post-show was this? Had you already gone back to the finale? Had you already? Yeah, for finale. Okay. And I had already learned that if I don't exercise two and a half hours a day, six days a week, I'm going to gain all my way back, you know. Okay. And now here I am, I don't know what, six months later doing in vitro. Okay. And she's like, no exercise. So, so and that's when, and you'd kept off the weight it, until this. Point. Had kept off the weight until that point, yeah. Cool. And I think at that point, I was like, I think mentally, I probably threw in the towel, right? Oh, yes. I was like, I have no. I've already been told I have no hope. So, and I okay. wasn't like, you know, going crazy too much, but certainly, like, yeah, like it. Food had such a huge part in my brain, right? Yes. And and then I was pregnant, so. Anyway, so through pregnancy, I gained quite a bit of weight. I did not gain it all back, but I gained a lot of weight during that pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a food addict. Like, you're right. allowed you to be pregnant, to, you know? Yeah. And, and can't get your heart rate up. I mean, it's just yeah. a quick story. And then I have a newborn, and I'm six months pregnant, you know, oh and I have a newborn. And then, anyway, so it was just, it was crazy. So, anyway, so I had, so my girls are 14 weeks apart. And then I'm stuck at home with these two babies and it was just so overwhelming. And I, and for, so for, from then for the next several years, I just gained and lost and gained and lost. Yeah. And I never gained it all the way back. And that was really important to me that I didn't get, you know, at yeah. least I hadn't gained it all back. Yes. But I was up and down, up and down, you know, doing whole 30 yep. several times and doing this and doing that and really just exploring every single avenue. And at the same time, like, companies were sending me their product for free and trainers were offering to train me for free. And all of this stuff was like being thrown at my feet. Yeah. But, and inside I was like, I am a waste. Like this, this is so unfair that everything's being handed to me and I cannot do it. Like uh, I can do it for a little while. I can yeah. lose 30 pounds. I'm on my way. And then, you know, take one bite and it's over. Like anyway, I just mm -hmm. took me a long time to figure out what was going on. So probably like what, 2017, I want to say 2016, 2017, I am gaining quite a bit by this point. And you uh, have just two children. You're two. Yep. I have girls. Yeah. yeah. My twins. Yep. Well, and, girl, yeah. Um, and my husband's work ha offers free therapy. And I was like, oh, I'll do therapy. I think therapy is great. You know? Yes. And I started going, I just 
choose a therapist at random and go and see her. Had no idea that she specialized in addiction. And so I'm very open, you know, with my experiences and my thoughts and what's going on. And she was like, well, it sounds like you are experiencing food. Like you have an addiction to food, you know? Yes. That's not real. Like, right. Right. And drugs is real. Alcohol is real. Pornography is real. But food, like we have to have food to survive so that there's no way. Yes. Like I'm just really broken, you know? Yes. It was such a gift to me to be able to learn that I was not horrible, that I had a disease, right? Like something in my brain worked differently and it was no different than someone that had diabetes or, you know, like they have to take care of that, right? Like they can't change it necessarily or someone that, you know, has something that is just part of them that they have, you know. And, um, and I remember her saying like, you know, you, you will grieve and you will mourn and da, da, da. And, and I'm like, what? And she's like, the, the life, the thought of the life without this. Yeah. And just like someone with a diagnosis of something else has to mourn the life, the, the idea of the life without that, you know, yeah. an amputee, like that's yeah. their life now, you know, right. and going through that. And it was like, very a, a very interesting experience for me because I felt like liberated actually because it I was bet. not I even answer sure. yes, yes it wasn't it, like because deep down I'm so awful you know it was no. like I'm dealing with something like it's an addiction yes and yes and even though there is no cure there is recovery like yes the savior is capable of healing us from anything right and like taking part in all of the things that we have and i have to mention this because and i don't remember the timeline of this but but it was really really powerful for me i was driving past the point of the mountain and i'm praying out loud you know and i'm like heavenly father come on when are you going to take this from me I have done everything. Like, I know this is my biggest thing. And you have said that you give us weaknesses that, you know, that they can become strengths. So when are you going to take this away from me? Yeah. And the spirit was so direct and saying, uh, you know, and not like I heard an audible voice or anything, but this is the, this is the impression that I got. I said that your weaknesses can become your strengths. And if I took it away from you, it would not exist. It would not be a weakness and it would not be a strength. It has to remain in order to be a strength. So it's okay with me that I get to have this weakness forever. It sucks. I don't love it. You know, sometimes it's really hard and sometimes I really hate it. But it also allows me the opportunity to have to turn to the Savior all the time. I have to rely on him all the time. Because it does remain. It exists. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be with me forever. And it has become such a strength, you know, like, even though it's still a weakness, like, even though it's so hard, it is one of my greatest strengths, you know? Yeah. I I have not had flour and sugar for almost five years, which That's is not a miracle and has nothing to do with my own strength. I promise you, I am not capable of that. But I am capable of that with the Lord doing it for me. You know, like that's the atonement. And the uh, the fact that the, the atonement even covers what I thought of as the dumbest 
thing to bring to the Lord is so incredible because it's not dumb. It was the biggest thing in life, right? Yes. So, but here's what's interesting, you know, going to this therapist, learning about food addiction, she was like, you would really benefit from a 12-step program. Why don't you go home and look some up? And I'm like, okay, you know, and then on the way home, I'm like, "Mm -mm, I want my food. Even though in the moment, I'm like, yes, I want that. No, yeah. want my food. And so, and that, re- that like kind of, it went that way for quite a while. She was like printing me off different 12-step program options and stuff. A year later after this, my sister was like, hey, I've learned about a recovery program for food addiction, 12-step program. I'm going to go to a meeting. Do you want to go? And I went and it was like, here's your answer. Here oh you. my goodness. Wow. And even though it was presented to me and I knew it in my soul that this would change my life, I, I was not ready. I yeah. not let go of my true love. Like, yeah. it, it sounds ridiculous, but letting go of the of food for me and not all food, but like flour and sugar in particular, like, or, yeah. you know, my binge foods or whatever, like letting go, I would rather give you my right arm. Like, I, I could not imagine life without it like what about holidays what about parties what about vacations what about what about like my stress eating in the pantry when my kids are screaming and you know all of this i cannot do this and so anyway so it took me another year it probably took me another full year before i i i can't even say i was ready because it's not about like okay now i feel ready like no never did i feel ready to right and over so so tell me then what does a typical day look like eating wise for you like can you have like honey can you have like agave or stevia can you have like almond flour like what do you do for like you know normal foods or eating like or is it just literally all like fruit and vegetables all day long so with the 12-step program that I you know started doing at that time there it was very, very laid out, very, very specific and no wiggle room. And it was exactly what I needed to make sure that my brain had no wiggle room. Because you are like, you know, if you give me the opportunity to say, oh, maybe I didn't actually don't know how much I had at breakfast. I probably didn't have enough. I should probably have more at lunch. My brain's going to take that and run. Right. Okay. And so, so with this recovery program, for food specifically, what there was a there's a food plan to follow, and everything is weighed and measured, so there's no wiggle room. So for breakfast, I would have one ounce weighed out, one ounce of dry oats, and then I'd cook them. So whatever that ended up weighing, right? But it was like weighed out one ounce of oats, one piece of fruit, or six ounces of fruit if it's berries or something. Yeah, either two eggs or six ounces of or eight ounces of yogurt or four ounces of cottage cheese. And so that like was plain yogurt or could you have flavor? Like what if there were sugar no, in the yogurt? No, no artificial sweeteners or anything. Oh, okay. And it kind of depends on your sponsor, like okay. what your sponsor helps lay out for you. And, okay. you know, and like, I think, you know, da- sponsors change things and kind of, there's like different sponsor lines and things like that. Okay. And really like what it, it should be between you and the Lord and yeah. your sponsor is there. I mean, I wish so much that I could be like, I am just going to be accountable to the Lord and that is enough. But it's not enough. Like, yeah. he, I don't have to like call him and tell him and hear his 
you know, and do you don't know, yeah. you know, yes. even though it like increased my connection so much, I was praying so much more, yeah. like I started praying so much more. And, and, and really quick, Sarah, for those that don't know, a sponsor is someone that helps you in the 12 step program that you are accountable to. Yes. Okay. So I had a phone call with my sponsor every morning at 6am. Okay. So I have to tell you, so like a year later, I went back to another meeting and I was terrified. I mean, consumed by fear, right? Yeah. And once again, I sat in this meeting and I was like, I know this is right. I know this is right. But the fear would bubble up and something happened that day that was like, how about just for today, we put that fear down. Like we set it aside. And I had this ability to set it aside. Again, not for me. It was like a gift in that moment to just be able to set it aside. Yeah. And I ended up talking with someone after that was like, oh, you know what? You need to call my sister. She would be such a good sponsor for you. And I'm like, okay. So she gives me her phone number. And then I'm talking with other people and talking to someone else. And she was like, you have got to call my sister. She would be so good for you. You know, she gives me her phone number. Turns out these two are sisters and they have this sister, you know, they're both thinking the same person. So I'm driving home with my sister who had already spent that entire week calling people, trying to find a sponsor for herself. And she said, Sarah, I called both of those women and neither of them told me about their sister because she is not meant for me. She is meant for you. you. Wow. And I felt that so strong. Like I was like, okay, I am actually being handed the opportunity here and it's my choice to take it or leave it. So do you find your own sponsor or does the program mm-hmm. set you up with someone? Well, you have to find your own sponsor in the program. And, and yeah. that's service is it's actually very, very close to how our organized religion is. You know, everything's done through service. Nobody's paid. Okay. Yeah. Like and a ministering so- brother or sister, someone yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you just be willing to sponsor. You're, and you are always sponsored. So you will always have a sponsor and you will always sponsor once you're abstinent long enough and you know and so do you sign up to be a sponsor like what if someone calls you like will you sponsor me like what are you talking about like it was she in the program too Uh yeah so you're in the program yep so you're in the program at least six months with six months of abstinence you know so to be able to sponsor so anyway so i was too scared to call i was too scared to give it up i couldn't do it couldn't do it the next day and then finally that third day i was like i have to i must have to call i was like it was just a massive leap of faith and she was like okay you're starting tomorrow. And I was like, oh, I can't. Tomorrow's 24th of July. Yeah. And we have a party. And yeah. Well, figure it out, you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. So I started the next day on this holiday. And so anyway, so that's the, so the program diet plan is a very, very specific, very rigid. You eat, you know, in certain time hours and stuff. And it really, it sounds crazy. Like some people are like, okay, well, that's restriction and that's not good. Yeah. Yes. And I think of it more as like boundaries. Like if you have someone in your life that does not do great things for you, you're going to yeah. set the boundary. And why is that not okay for me to set that same boundary with specific food items that I know don't serve me? You know, right. like, that's okay. And if someone can set boundaries around food that they're only going to have one or in certain times or certain days or whatever. And that works great. Like just be okay with those boundaries, knowing yeah. that I'm not restricting out of like, but I want to be skinny, right? Yes. No, I am placing those boundaries because it consumed my mind. Yeah. Well, now to be able to be at 
any party, any holiday event, anything whatsoever and actually be present is like the greatest thing. And there's there's neutrality around food. I know what food I can eat and I know what food I can't. And there's no wiggle room for me, you know. And so what food would you have if there's people listening and they're like, okay, but do you ever have like a treat or something you love, like with honey or maple syrup or something? Yeah. Okay. So if you're following this, like this particular food program that that I was doing, well, you don't ever. And like, I remember it was Thanksgiving and I was like, hey, can I switch my fruit from lunch to dinner so that I can da 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 or whatever? And she's like, you know what? No, let's just leave food out of the celebration, but still celebrate with your family and still do that or whatever. But it doesn't have to be about the food, right? And And I know it sounds so crazy to some people, but when it relieves all of the wiggle room in your brain, like yes. what food, you know, like what food can take over. It actually was so, I was really glad for that, that it wasn't like, Ooh, okay. And then I can yes. do this and do that. Let me skip to why I'm, why I haven't been doing it now, but yeah. I stayed away from flour and sugar. So then we did in vitro again in 2019 is when we started in vitro. So decided to, to have more kids, went through the full process again. We, and it worked the first time. So this was my first time, my third round of in vitro, my first time having it work. And we got pregnant with twins. And then 10 weeks in, we lost one of the twins. So kept us the other one, but I was like sick as a dog most of the pregnancy. And I tried so hard to like follow my food plan still. And it just, I didn't, I couldn't really measure what was coming up into the measuring was really hard. But I committed to no flour, no sugar through everything. And that I'm so, so, so grateful for. But I loosened other boundaries that I needed to loosen. And then, yes. you know, 2020 hit and I had this colicky newborn. It was really crazy. And I just didn't start back on, like, yeah. like tightening up those boundaries until he was a little bit older, did that, then got pregnant again. We did in vitro again and it failed and then did in vitro one final time. And it worked. And, and so that was my baby. And uh, boys and two girls. Is that right? Two girls. Yes. Two boys and two girls. So I have two 10 year olds and then one just turned three and one is 15 months. So it's, it is a wild ride. But, and honestly, I'm in a place right now that I think that my life would, that I would have wonderful blessings going back to like the, what would you even call it? Like strictness, I guess, of of a twelve step program. And I still kind of like I have a foot in the door. I still or like foot in the water, toe in the water. Would you say? Yeah. I still like attend meetings and, yeah. and calls and everything. But um, but I'm not currently doing that. And I and I'm staying away from flour and sugar still. Yes. That serves me really well. Yeah, I would benefit from from like tightening everything else up. Yeah. But a lot of work and it's exhausting. And I'm like, I will get there. I will get there. It's almost like how we go in ebbs and flows in the gospel. You know, sure, I also yeah. know that I would benefit so much more from getting up at 5 a.m. to have more time to study my scriptures. For sure. You know, and I'm like, okay, I know that's a bless that would that would benefit me, but yes. sometimes I don't choose that. Like sure. that's I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Like I know I would benefit more from yes. having even like tighter boundaries. Yes. I just am not choosing that, right? Yep. 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 So, so it, to answer that question, you know, if something has 
honey in it or, you know, so like cauliflower type stuff that has some almond flour or whatever. I do eat those things. Yeah. But I don't seek it out. Like I'm like, what could I have that has honey because that tastes like sugar and, you know, things. Right. But I don't do any refined sugar, any flour, you know, so. Like almond flour, oat flour, any flour or just. I don't bake treats or anything with those types of flours or anything because it's going to do the same thing to me that. Yes. It doesn't taste as good, but I could still obsess over it and I guess, you know, go to town on that. And so I personally stay away from all of that. Awesome. And so like a lot of grilling for dinner, like grilled chicken, rice, things like that. Yep, exactly. So like, yeah, grilled chicken, rice, vegetables, fruit, oatmeal, salads, you know, things like that. And chips, what about like corn? Like, can you have like... Yeah, I do corn. That's probably one that like I would benefit from taking out. (laughs) <laughs> because tortilla chips are so good, like corn chips, are, you know, are oh, so girl. good and can get. But but yeah, well, like so we'll do tacos or things like that. Well, and that's the thing, though, is there there is such a balance of living your life, but also knowing. But what for me would actually inhibit me from living my life fully? Exactly. Like that's the big yes. balancing act. Is like okay on the one hand, you know enjoy life is supposed to be enjoyed and men are that they might have joy but yes is what you're doing for you res- actually restricting that joy and going to yes down and in and- fact that that is what why i haven't jumped all the way back in because yeah because i don't have that desperation of like i don't care what it takes this yes. is consuming my life right and so it, that's exactly right and i think that that is true like if something is constantly on your mind, your body, your weight, you know, I, I don't like myself, whatever, like, then maybe address that and see what can help in that. Yes. Right. But if it's like, oh, I probably should stop, blah, blah, blah. And you know, like, right. if it's not, yeah. yeah. So, well, and, and I want to touch briefly as we wrap up, I know this is like, we could, even do a part four on all this know, stuff. But we, we both have we both received an abdominal plasty surgery yes, and that's kind of how we yes recently connected i received a full abdominal plasty in july of 2022 and my was october and yours was october and wow what a mother <laughs> like it is not it is a very intensive surgery and for me oh i had two hernias and i had several inch major in fact my surgeon said i don't know if i've ever operated on someone with as big of a gap as you had on your stomach muscle like a really large gap from bearing children yeah and so for this is where my obsession came in was my stomach my stomach and i have no muscle and my back hurts and i can't do sit-ups and and i and then like i'll get hemorrhoids because of all the pressure because i don't have muscles to and so and then i thought well am i being vain and i'm and i'm it, it, it's plastic surgery and there's right. such a stigma around yes. plastic surgery and you're trying to look perfect. And for me, it was honestly like my body did this incredible thing and grew four human beings in it. And it 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 is beyond repair of anything yeah. that I can naturally do for my muscles and hernias and and everything else that goes along with it. And and yeah, lots and lots of extra skin. And my surgeon, you know, Matthew, he's like, you're a wonderful candidate for this. I'm like, oh, but what if it's like a slippery slope and whatever? And he's yeah. like, oh, he's like, it's okay to take care of your body. 
not everyone needs plastic surgery after they have kids. My sister did it. My, you know what I mean? Like she, like my mom had no stretch marks. Like her stomach went right back. My sister was fine. But for me, my body type, it just destroyed my And I would do it again in a heartbeat. And, and, and I'm so grateful I did it. But that was where my obsession came in. I'm like, I'm thinking so much about my body and how it looks. And I feel like if I, if I did this, it would just be, it, it, it would be so I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. You know, not what, it like takes away the screen that's yes. more when you're in, in like interacting with people, right? Like yeah. you create the pool and like you're involved in the conversation fully. Like you might yes. be, but your thoughts are still on what your stomach looks like. Exactly. You really be there for someone that's opening up. No. Or your kids or whatever. Like, no. Because your thoughts are somewhere else. My stomach, my stomach, my stomach. And, yes. and, and, and I know that that's some people be like, well, that's just a mental thing. Like, and, and Good here's work. the truth <laughs> is plastic surgery does not make you happier. That's the no. truth. <laughs> it doesn't make you happier and it doesn't make you like instantly like oh, now, now I love myself exactly. And it's perfect. What it yeah. does and what it did for me is it repaired my body and took away that barrier of being able to just live my life and interact with others because I'm not thinking about it. And guess what? Yeah. It's a body. So it's not perfect. Right. I would recommend my surgeon 10 out of 10, hands down, any day, every day, Dr. Nicholas Halland. He's amazing and the best. And I would like sing his praises forever for anyone that's thinking about it. Yeah. For what he did for me and my confidence in just putting my stomach back together and helping me not think about it anymore. But guess what? You still gain weight. You're, you still fluctuate like you're st- person in a body. It's not like, yes. well, now I look like a Barbie, although he comes pretty dang close to me. I was pretty amazing at what he does. And I cannot yeah. be happier, but it's, you're still a person with imperfections and flaws. And if you're seeking perfection of, oh, but I, I still have stretch marks all over my bum and thighs. I still have stretch marks on my stomach. I still like my body is not perfect. And now I have a scar hip to hip. Yeah. But what it did is it made me so, yes, when I go to the swimming pool with my boys or I'm putting on clothes, I'm not like, oh, this is hanging out. Or I'm going at the gym like, I can't do that. I can't do that. My stomach right. hurts. I, I can't lay like that. I can't sleep like that. I can't whatever because it hurts and it's hanging and it's extra and whatever. It just relieved that to where you're not thinking about it. And was it the same for you when you received it too? Yes, absolutely. Like, I mean, I had... So now here I've like lost over 100 pounds twice, right? Like that is... Um, so that is amazing. I had so much skin. I don't think I even touched on that, that by the time I found, you know, this, this 12 step recovery program, I yeah. had used all back plus. So I started like my heaviest was 280 pounds. Like, wow. I was holding on to so much extra. So to lose all of that, like twice, I had yes. my skin was so stretched. So I had a massive apron. That yeah. Like yes, massive, and it was so it you know it got in the way of everything. Like I yep. would have to lift it up to make sure it was dry underneath. I mean, it was a full like tube, you know, yeah. and it yeah. really impeded a lot, you know. Yep. And even though, and it's you can love and appreciate your body, you can love the gift that your body is from Heavenly Father, and see that it, you know, like, like it can be both. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, yeah. And, and, and want to you repair it so it can serve you. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, 
if you broke your arm and it healed funny, like, is it okay to get that fixed, but not, you know, this fixed kind of thing? I know there's, I I totally agree. I know there's a stigma. I know there's some, some weird feelings on that, but, but it has been such a blessing for me to be able to put jeans on and not have to like lift up and then tuck. Yes. Yes. You know, it really did. It got in the way and it was embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have, I feel like I have almost mastered being like, I'm okay with my body and I look fine and I'm going to ignore it, you know? But yeah, it was like, man, I really, this really gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. It really does, you know? And so, you know, and I had lost all the weight that I, that I essentially needed to by the time I had my boys. And so here I had like this finally for the first time, like a belly, like a cute little belly. Yeah. Like, like this. And then, and then like hung down a flat under this, under this pregnant belly, you know? And so anyway, to be able to get rid of that has, has truly just been so, so great for me. And for the same reasons, I don't think about it anymore. Like, yes, it does not impede my day. And that is such a a great thing. Like, I love that. (laughs) I think that's so great. And, and if there's those listening out there that are like, I don't know if this is, should this be an option for me? I would just say, first of all, like, I know that you were really prayerful, prayerful about it. And so was I. And I'm like, is, is, is having someone, you know, recreate the body that Heavenly Father made for me somehow making me less grateful for it? Like <laughs> if someone's helping me shape my body and take off my skin and repair my muscles, does that mean I'm not grateful? And my husband received back surgery a few years ago because he had herniated discs and that's how he was made and that's how he was born. It's like, right. well, but that means you're not grateful if you don't repair your herniated discs that are causing right. you such bad back pain. It's like, no, effect. like, should you not fix it? Because no way, like, not <laughs> can fix it. And, and, and for me, I felt like I'm so grateful that there are surgeons out there and people that are able to help us just help our bodies be the best they can be physically and be able to sustain our, our activity and our, you know, be able to do things with our children and move and, and just use it in a healthy way. And so it's, it's, it's only a question that you and the Lord can answer and with your spouse together. But it it can be very beneficial if if it's impeding your life and something yeah. that that is causing you pain or physical or emotional or mental. Right. We are here to say that you are not wrong for wanting it. Yes, right, okay. exactly. Explore that, you know. Right. Sure. Well, Sarah, it's been so fun to talk with you and hear about all your journey with weight loss and getting healthy and and discovering your food addiction, being able to to manage that because there we all struggle with something in this life. We all have our own vices, food, pornography, you know, just exercise, even like going on the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, the list goes on and on. I could go on and on about all the things that are to be addicted or worried or stressed or things that just bring us down. But I love that you say there is nothing that the savior cannot help us fix. And we, we love David Bowman and we do the, the dance, come follow me drawn in with him every week. And something he said recently was Jesus Christ makes the impossible him possible. And anything is possible through him, truly anything, no matter. I think Satan's biggest lie is like you thought, like this is hopeless. You will never, ever overcome it. And, and it may be that it's something you don't overcome in this life by yourself. Like it's something, like you said, it's a weakness or strength you will always have. 
But with him, you can get through it. You can do it. It's not hopeless. It is possible. It's not like, well, I should just binge everything. And well, I should just look at porn because it's done. It's over with. Like, this is who I am. There's no hope. And that is his biggest lie is that there's no hope. And I think your story is so full of hope and trust and faith in the Savior. But it does mean that you have to live your life a different way and and cut out certain things that that other people might not. And and you're like, yeah, I, I do have to be different. I do have to live a different way. I have to, but it's but it's worth it. And with him, he, that impossibility makes it possible. Him possible. Absolutely. Him. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Well, I'm so happy that we were able to talk and reconnect, Sarah. And I, I think you are such a wonderful inspiration. If people want to follow you or follow along with your journey or learn more about, you know, how you live your life and being healthy, where can they go to follow you? And so like, you can do things like that. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. And, you know, I will talk openly about anything on there, but I am hit and miss. You can always direct message me. I am an open book. But yeah, my Instagram is Sarah Hilmita. Okay. And we'll plug that in somewhere. And yes, Sarah Hilmita. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thanks, awesome. You are amazing. Thanks, Sarah, for all the good you are doing. I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word, at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.